welcome to Singled Out, your ninth best gaming podcast. Please stand by. It's currently England's hottest day, and this is being recorded from inside a volcano. Uh, this is the episode about the newest errata. Sorry for the delay, but as you probably know, the errata's been delayed at all as well, so we haven't been able to record for a while. Hopefully, we can record again soon when um, Steve has stopped gallivanting around the world and I have stopped being ill. Anyway, here's an episode. It's got Gilball in. Who knew? And here we go. Everything is awesome. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Singled Out, a podcast. And it's going to be a podcast talking about Guild Ball, which is a bit of a shock to the system. So what we're going to talk about tonight is, very excitingly, the first of all, the patch to the Lamplighters Guild, and second of all, the Guild Ball Community Project's second errata. So for this dramatic podcast, I have summoned all of the Guild Ball Community Project bar the person who lives in Taiwan because his commitment was so low he wouldn't get up at three in the morning to do a podcast. He's probably up anyway. He's got a small child. Disgraceful. Disgraceful. (laughs) Exactly. Disgraceful, (laughs) says Skerald Dickinger, our first guest. Say hello, Skerald. Hi, everybody. It's nice to be back. Uh, And of course, returning guest, Neil's the inspiring Hat Hermkins. Hello, hello. And I think joining Singled Out for the first time in many a moon and possibly co-podcasting with me since I was on a guest on yours about WTC a bazillion yeah. years ago. It's Mike <laughs> the Dog Klein. How you doing, sir? Hello, hello, everybody. I'm good. So it's a, great to have you guys here. Um, so 
what we thought we'd talk about, I think the first thing we will talk about is the errata in general, and then we can touch slightly on some of the changes to Lamplighters and maybe some of the other stuff the Guild Ball community project's been up to and is planning to be up to. Cough, next minor guild, next minor guild. Um, but um, let's just dive straight into it. So second errata, um, what were your guys' reflections on this? Niels, you, you were, uh, Mike, you led on this process. So what were your thoughts on this compared to the first errata? How was it as a process? Do you feel like we've learned and grown? Uh, well, I do hope so. I do hope that we learned and grown. I think one thing that I personally, and this was something I was felt pretty strongly, which I know you guys shared, um, and be interesting to see what the community thinks is, um, especially just so you know, Guild Ball where it's at being an un, you know an, a community supported game. Um, one of the things is that you know you're not going to have the same level of of new uh, infusion into the design of the game that you would if there is you know a, a full-on professional company doing the design. Uh, you're not going to have all these new things coming out. So how do you keep a game from becoming stagnant and stale? So one of the things for me that I you know have just learned over. Um, talking with the the Mr. Jamie Perkins, talking with Bryce, talking with uh, other developers for a couple other games is that like, I mean, they're generally, and we see this, I think, just in observation, people hate when their cool toys don't do cool things, even if those cool toys were like, you know, not good for the game or, or, or needed to be adjusted, right? People generally don't like when options are taken away, but they do like when new options are, are, are added. So uh, our, my design philosophy was, given where Guild Ball is at as a game, um, why not really focus on bringing things up rather than taking things down um, for this one? We did take some things down last time. There may still be things that need to be taken down um, going forward, but why don't we really just have an entire balance patch that is just buffs to models that maybe people haven't played in a while? So, Yeah, and I think we felt like last time, I think, um, and Neil's feel free to chime in on this, we felt like there were definitely some some offenders out there, some of those oh, so yeah. creatures we couldn't not minx, cast, etc. Minx, this cast, time steel job. Like, oh, you, you just sad times. We, uh, we had we, to touch those. We had to. Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't want anyone else. And when I think thought about cast, I uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. So we we had to change those models, and I think this time we felt like there's no. There's definitely some strong models in the game, right? And we, uh, but there was no pressing reason to like deal with like an over-the-curve model compared to some of the guys you just never see play. And also with this Aran news, we wanted to bring in um, your idea, which was the the, the facelift. Uh, do you yeah, want to talk to us sure. a little bit about that as an idea? Yeah, for sure. Like uh, one of the things that we've been thinking about is like there are a couple of guilds that are currently like people play them people have fun with them but they're feeling a bit clunky in their ways or they're not really reaching the potential that maybe steamforce maybe um have wanted them to get uh, or they don't feel as uh strong or as viable uh in the current competitive meta so what we've been uh, thinking or basically my uh, my, moan, uh, my main idea was why not give like big guilds facelifts and with the facelifts i mean 
just just do a big sweeping pass alongst all the models of that guild and then um see okay what can we change that keeps the identity of the guild the same um and not make them like miners release um but give them like that little bump to get them back into that 50 percent ratio opening up new play styles right opening up things yes. that maybe right and you'll when we talk i think about specifics we'll definitely because your your ideas when it came to that were very much on like there is a you know mechanic or play style or kind of design space in this guild that was never really uh fleshed out well by steamforge so. i like i like <laughs> i like it's a near segue <laughs> yeah. so we'll talk about that later uh but yeah so <laughs> Uh, we've uh, we've uh, basically taken one guild. Um, what you usually see in our ratas would be like we're just taking uh, models that we think really need a pass. But for this arata, we also have a couple of models from the same guild um, to hopefully give that guild a little bump. And it's also not necessarily, I think, when we talked about doing these sort of bracelets, it's not necessarily about a power or strength thing. It's actually also about a, you know, a play style thing. So is is the guild functioning as intended? Are these models functioning as intended? And also a little bit about synergy building, because I think it's hard to build synergy changing just one or two, like one model in a guild sure. that's too strong or too weak. Um, and this has potential applications for guilds that let's say in the future, guilds that were good but boring. Is one yeah. you know, one issue for it, or guilds whose identity is a little bit conflicted? I feel like mm -hmm. I struck blacksmiths with both of those, but um, we, we didn't touch yeah, blacksmiths or, in this. Or uh, basically uh, guilds that uh, feel well, I don't like the word, but that feel solved. You know, like mm -hmm. um, if I just take one brewers, everybody just plays tapper, hooper, quaff, um, original spigot, like Fredsman decimate, like. Those models you see on the pitch 80 to 90 percent of the time, kicking or receiving doesn't matter. So it feels really stale. And there's talk about no one plays veteran spigot, no one plays um, uh, lucky mash esters corker. Um, so things need to get shaken up. Yeah, internal internal balance. Yeah, internal I think balance is yeah. is probably going to be a general focus. Although it might affect obviously external balance as well if these get, guilds get facelifts. But uh, the idea would be more of opening up within the guild so you can use all those cool models that you hopefully have or have found a way to get. And yeah. this is why we have decided to make this a seven on seven game. <laughs> Wait, what? Played <laughs> played on hexes as well. When I was yeah, it's a hex-based game, hexes. right? Yeah. I was waiting for that one for five minutes. Yeah, it's good. It's good. You, you you kept a for for the listener. Uh, he he kept a good deadpan face. I didn't usually usually Scarab's excited face. You can you can see something's building. Um, but uh, but in this case. It was like a, it was this was like, Steve calling me slow in a very polite way. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I didn't know until recently that um, uh, Napoleon III of France was described by uh, Otto von Bismarck as being like a sphinx without a riddle. 
which feels like one of the harshest put downs you could ever hear. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I only learned that recently. Anyway, right. So we've we've talked up a little bit about it. So I think having talked about the process of the facelift, I think we should talk about the patient of the facelift. So so Neil, this was your your big push. Um, do you want to talk about which guild we've done this for and We'll just talk through. I think let's just talk through the models after we talk, and but talk a bit about the, the main principles first of all. All right. Um, so basically, we're uh, going into the errata first, and talk about different things that we've done. Um, yeah, like people should know. People should guess. Uh, be like I've played this guild for well, thirty odd games in a row. Um, constantly saying i'm playtesting people should know it's butchers it's um what i believe at that time was the lowest um the lowest win rate guild uh at the time uh, as well yeah, everybody kept saying oh they're bad they're bad um so i was like okay what can we do what what does uh, what needs bumping up and um, the important thing is that when you look at the butchers, they have this clear identity, right? They have this, they charge at you, they be, deal big red numbers. Um, and the real strength in that is um, they kill you with their damage, not with brawling. They just like run, run you over. If they don't run you over, if you're able to control them, they're, um, let's not, use that word <laughs> there um, with kindness it doesn't work yeah <laughs> um so yeah they're, they're fast they, they deal huge damage um but they needed a bit of leeway into keeping the pressure on you know um because it was pretty easy for control guilds for fast guilds or for guilds that are good at rolling which is basically the rest of the entire um uh, oh, nice brew dog, nice. <laughs> um, but, but that's basically the rest, of, the rest of the entire game. <laughs> we have to um, edit that one out. Can't say brew dog in the middle of a rant about butchers. <laughs> yeah, but, have you listened to this podcast ever? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> all the time. No, but um, so one of the things that um, was interesting to see is that there is this captain in butchers that is fully based around one mechanic this mechanic is called bleed and then if you look at the guild of butchers you know that she herself fillet hands out bleed you know that there is um boiler who hands out bleed and i might be forgetting something but that's basically it <laughs> so that's weird right um, so one of the things that I've been thinking is, okay, what is one way that you can keep the pressure on, make the enemy choose? Do I heal my damage or do I clear my bleed? So basically you're constantly applying bleed to your enemy and then they have to choose, well, am I going to use my uh, momentum? Am I going to use the momentum to clear the bleed? To heal, uh, to keep healing, to use my own, uh, to, to uh, use my own powers, and uh, in that way, um, I hope that it's possible for also for Philip to 
get a little bump up. Well, if I can so, jump um, in one. Yeah, yeah, go Sorry, ahead. Niels. I was just going to add to add to that. One of the other things about Butchers is, well, one, yeah, they had that bleed mechanic, but it, they were such an early design guild that it wasn't like cohesively designed, right? It was just like a, a they're the faction that does bleed for now, and then other things came out. But there was all there's also um, they are a guild that, like you said, it's very much about like if you think about everything for Butchers, it's we have a lot of buffs or like ways to go faster hit harder do those things that are all just like i put them out right they're the very old school guild ball kind of like i put out plus two speed i throw a marked target to get more speed uh fillet had baked into our card this whole mechanic around getting faster and more damage around bleed but it never really worked out because again the guild was not was designed such an early time it wasn't like done necessarily with that in mind at the beginning so you had this like oh cool fillet can go faster if a model is bleeding but there's like no way for me to put out bleed in this guild or the very few ways to put out bleed in this guild and by the time i do she's already there so like what's the point of this rule so i think part of what you were going for at least when i remember you first getting excited and showing me some ideas was like how do we make this mechanic of like again the the butchers like to put out buffs or things that help them to hit harder and go further how do we add to that with the bleed mechanic so yep yeah i I think one thing we're seeing is is why we're talking about this as this was news it was concept and then we at the steering committee um the four of us and brian sort of approved this it then went through a number of people like there are a number of people on the rules committee it's big it's a big group and it went through the play testing process as well so this wasn't simply you know we sort of we batted around potential ways of uh overhauling butchers but always at the heart of it was this idea of making making better use of bleed i think was the key part of that so so should we talk a little bit about how butchers now make a better use of bleed let's talk about some models shall we um and i'm going to talk about them let's let's start with the first one that comes up on my list which is a uh, veteran gutter who is one of the probably the latest addition to maybe after bit four she's latest oh, edition. oh late you're forgetting well. lane yeah yeah but, a late yeah. edition this is the edition. moment where I completely derailed the conversation. I created the card for Gutter. Nice me. Yeah. <laughs> you have to you, put Gutter into this now. I did her. So you have one, I want an update. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, for those no. that don't know, Skerulf has been doing a lot of card design for us. So when, so when you see the nice new double-sided cards um, with the uh, five bracket hit boxes and things like that, that is that is Skerulf's doing. And uh, we all... Are very appreciative of it <laughs> and also legible playbooks um but yeah let's let's talk about vet gutter um vet gutter what, what have we done to her well vet gutter when she came out um she had this play on her it's called route one and um it's i think never used so it she basically didn't have a character play um and the thing she usually did was just um sprint in or charge in, deal a lot of damage in a roundhouse with a, with a sweeping charge. Um, and that was basically it. Her playbook wasn't really fit to really kill people. Um, there were people in the guild that are uh, better at dealing damage. Uh, Two-inch melee, let's just talk shank, you know. Um, so she was hardly ever picked. And one of the things that 
was important for me was like, okay, we're also going to uh, give. So, so the idea for me was like, okay, what if we remove fan favorite something again? Like she doesn't really kill people, so why does she have something that gives her gives her team more uh, momentum for killing people? So why let let's remove fan favorite and just just be simple. We're giving him a crucial a crucial artery. So now she charges in. She hits everybody, and they're bleeding as well. Um, so that's one thing. The second second thing was if we look at old cutter, which is basically um, the best model in the game according to Henry K. Um, so what? so where did the third edition go, Paul? <laughs> Just like so painfully living that like that dream. <laughs> Well, he's like he has seen this. I, I'm pretty sure he loves this. Um, old Gutter had chain grab, which is basically I uh, hit another model, and uh, this model that I want close to me because I'm going to do some sighting blows is getting close to me. Um, we basically um, gave her a new ability. It's called pig sticking, and Right now, she still has that chain. She still can pull models towards her using the playbook, using Guild Ball tokens. Um, but now it's only a two inch. And uh, that's because she's now a butcher. She has sharpened the hook that's on her chain. So it now also deals two damage. And with that two damage and crucial artery, you can now deal bleed at range. So now we have basically a bleed queen and what may be um uh, even higher um priority pick with fillet than even meat hook she certainly said i mean she she gets into a lot into the vet sender space doesn't she we talked a bit about vet sender when we were looking at the design for her in that you know the combination yep. of the sweeping charge the condition output the debuff that you have to deal sure. with and that that felt like a nice place for her to be in and hopefully i think i think we'd expect to see her getting picked but we'll be interested what people think should we move on to the next model which i think is the the peak example of making just one change <laughs> like uh, let's talk about uh brisket yeah original brisket is um also uh very easy um this is uh what we used as uh the what the six damage play <laughs> everybody's going to be like what um, the only things we did was give Brisket her 1 HP back, so she's back to being a 4-1-14. Um, but also, she has Crucial Artery. Like, oh, wow, you basically gave everybody Crucial Artery. Now, that's basically, that, that's not really what, uh, what we were planning, but this with Dirty Knives, so basically being able to deal 1 damage, poison and bleed in the end phase, that's gonna hurt. Um, so now we have Brisket that usually was used as a receiving model to score a goal and then be able to play with two extra influence. She can now also be used as a damaging model at the end of a turn. Yeah, it's 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 one of the things I think we were looking for, wasn't it? We said I think we said before is we're looking like sort of simple simple elegance and uh, and changes. And I think let's move on to the final butcher. Um, which I, I think is 
I have probably three favourite changes, but this is definitely up there. This is uh, <laughs> this is definitely up there. So, yeah, so but let's, giving let's crucial about. archery to truffles as well is a bit weird. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been through quite a bit of changes with truffles, um, and truffles was actually a model that. The only thing that was uh, uh, the problem for him was he was he's slow. He's so slow and people can just ignore him. Right. Um, so what we've done now is we've not increased his speed. He's uh, still because slow. He's still slow. <laughs> but the, the thing is, the thing is, he's also still vindictive. So he just charges for one, which is nice. But we've given him a rule that's previously on a captain um we've given him barroom brawl so if people are in truffles's melee zone that's gonna hurt exceptionally yeah. when you also play roast and everybody gets free charges so think- just just asking truffles always charges for free right he, he um, charges for one he, he charges, charges for, for zero one. Because he's always in his own melee zone and he's vindictive as well, so he charges for free. Enemy uh, model. No. Enemy model. Enemy enemy model. God damn it. Yeah, yeah. Not quite. He's trying to break it. He's trying to break it already. Yeah, if you're playing roast, he charges for free. Yeah. The thing is, like, the thing with truffles is everybody's calling him slow, but everybody's also forgetting that brewers have like three or four ways of increasing speed. Butchers have a lot of Butchers, I think the bigger, yes. bigger, yeah, the bigger <laughs> issue, I think, with Truffles was that he was quite an easy model to ignore. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the mm-hmm. that's the big one, is um he is a lot harder to ignore now. And obviously now you have ranged pushes on gutter. Yes. And you can push truffles out, they can gutter can push you back in, then they can yeah. charge. And also the so there's various sort of shenanigans available to it. We we did have quite a long debate about whether it should be barroom brawl or whether it should be march for death didn't we we did have that debate um yeah march for death was definitely funnier (laughs) because of the idea of this pig just giving you the eyes but i think in in the end the uh the movement gain from march and death we felt might be a bit much um but also the big thing to remember is also like like tapper um truffles has a really low knockdown um, and obviously that, so, so we're hoping that, you know, he can knock them down, he can stand next to them when people move out. It's good. And it's just funny, right? It's a pig standing next to you that means that people are going to charge you. So that's, you know, there's a bit of a, a rule of cool about it, I think, as well, isn't there? Mm-hmm. It's not a big well, bump because you're still, it's still a 3-0. You can still dodge away from him. You can attack him and buy a dodge. It's, um, he still doesn't have stoke. You can even push him away. So it's... Not that hard to get rid of him, but if he gets into a model that has already activated, that model's most likely dead. Yeah, well, he's and I uh, I love the fluff uh, kind of connection is that uh, Truffles goes in and is angry and angry pig charges into you, knocks you over, and then all the butchers follow behind, being like, "Hey, that's our pig." to kill you don't get to <laughs> yeah. kill that pig <laughs> that's our dinner not your dinner <laughs> exactly exactly and, and also like I've, I've, I've yet to see a pig off in guild ball between truffles and babe and i would like to see that pig off uh, so, so that's 
That's obviously the, the underlying design. Intent. That would be a Porkov. Porkov, yeah. <laughs> that's a, it's a new rule. It's a new rule we'll have to write. Okay, so that's Butchers. Um, let's talk about the other guild we've changed two models in, because we have made another. We have made multiple changes to one other guild, um, which interestingly was the other OG guild. Um, th these changes were much more through the traditional route. So what, what we did for the rest of the changes was basically the rules committee do a big poll and everyone says the models they think most need to be improved. And we all vote on it and we come up with a list and we improve them. Um, so it's quite a democratic exercise. But we, um, but that's, that's, so it's not just like, you know, Mike's preferences or my preferences or Skerov's. It's actually done as a sort of, as a group exercise. So let's, let's talk about fish. And uh, let's first of all, I think let's first of all talk about everyone's favourite mascot. Let's talk about salt. Um, because salt's change criminal. Uh, Mike, do you want to touch on these? Sure. Um, so salt has always been um, the the saddest boy, and and <laughs> he's a model that was always cool and you like fast and did cool things. Never really like did them because it had that again that initial uh, gill ball design. Like, oh, he's not good at that great at kicking, and like he doesn't do anything besides that and he really couldn't get the ball you know like he he had an idea he had a dream a vision of of greatness but uh his rules just weren't up there but now um we've changed around the playbook a little bit on uh mr salt he's upped his kick stats so he's gone he has gone back and gotten some good football training for sure he knows how to tackle a ball uh, knows how to kick that ball better, uh, and he knows how to kick it much better because he now has uh, scores for fun. So this is a rule um, that was first seen on uh, seasoned brisket. Uh, so when he makes a shot during his activation, his he's reducing the target number by one. So now you have this mascot that can... Um, move far, where'd they go for extra bits, kick accurately incredibly accurately and still has that loved creature so he's still everybody gets better at at doing a uh, violence or scoring if you you damage him but um yeah just i think it makes it you know makes it more of a decision if you want a, like a mascot that can do some really cool very fish like like dramatic long distance goal runs and plays um versus tentacles who's your like solid control fight you know, do all the other things that are that are so good. So I think hopefully it will open up a lot of uh, decisions for people to make. I think it also undoes some of the changes that tap in rule changes at the start of season four. Made so, Salt was always pretty good at scoring goals, but then the tap in changes sort of you know meant you had to be two inches away rather than four. Yeah. Um, so so that I think you know just restores a bit of reliability to Salt. Um, and also you know if you want to go full football, you can do so without feeling hopefully a bit I'm feeling a bit less sad let's talk about Sox pal shall we let's talk about angel because quite a lot of changes we made to angel shall i um go I'll for take it this one shall i so this this was probably one of our fun changes i think um super shots boring right no one no one cares about super shot and spending influence on it so we just gave angel a 10 inch kick um she has the <laughs> she has the longest kick in go ball now um because the issue with, I guess, was, um, you know, it was intended that she, she'd act as a sort of snapshot turret, which means she has to have activated to be a snapshot turret, whether it's actually we saw from Sugar that, that you know, having an ability that puts you up to a 10-inch kick, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world. There's a lot of ways of getting that. 
So that was a big one for, um, I think we really wanted just to make or have that, like how it's sort of shot on all the time. Um, also, we found that compared to a lot of other models, now her primary role isn't ball retrieval, but a lot of the other fish models have both good kick stats, eight inch kicks, you know, three, four dies, but also pretty good ball retrieval, like the Sakanas of this world. So we wanted to give her a little bit in that space. So we've, we've given her another existing role, um, which is Thief, which you've seen on Mainspring. So Angel's just got that ability to sort of, you know, look like she's not doing much and just sort of casually pick your pocket, which does give her, like, you know, Fish another tool around close control. And it gives Nabs another tool around close control as well. So we hope that opens up a bit of space for her. And then the last move is we've given her a new ability. It's a Dan Adams special um, called Natural Baller. Um, which basically means when she gains possession of the ball marker once per turn, she can be allocated a point of influence. So all of a sudden, Angel with zero influence has essentially a 16-inch goal threat, like if you pass the ball to her. So her ability to just sit on one influence or zero influence and then actually sort of come to life either passing the ball around, moving around, maybe having some shenanigans with get over here and salt uh, and pushing stuff around just opens up a bit more flexibility for her, a bit more influence efficiency. So so we're hopeful that allows her to see a bit of a, a drop on the table as well. Yeah, and I think the coolest thing is uh, the con- the synergy between Thief and Natural Baller, that you could put one on her. Uh, and if there is a model, you know, you just leave that one there. And if, you know, a model ever walks within seven inches of her, she gets to just uh, go and uh, thief that ball off uh, for her one influence and then immediately get that ball, uh, or sorry, get that influence back so that she can pass it. That's just such a cool like l- little idea. She's she's popping that ball from you and she's just such a good uh, footballer that she just knows, you know, she could just pass it away. It's very, uh, very I've been watching a lot of uh, football recently or soccer as we call it in the States and it just feels like a, a pro play, right? Just that ability to kind of like nab in quick and then make that quick like no look pass, boom, you know, and get the ball out there. So I like that combo. And obviously dovetails quite nicely with, you know, because Angel has a lot of sort of, you know, mechanics with other models with Sol, but also with Fathom having linked. So all of a sudden you've got to think about what's Angel doing with that, you know, with, even with no influence on her, she's still a threat for linked. So there's a lot of sort of interesting mechanics that come out of that. Okay, let, let's, ladies and gentlemen, I think it's time we talk about the big one. Locus. I think it's time... The most requested, not Locus. We're not on Locus yet. You would. Well, actually, I, I skipped, let's talk about the big guy. Let's talk about Locus. Let's keep the other one handy. Yay! Yeah. Locus. It's the best boy. Yeah. Skeroff, do you want to talk about Locus? Nah, I'm not the rules guy here. I'm here for the memes. You talk about Locus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about Locus. So, Locus, I think we. We had one change that everyone requested for Locus, right? Make Locus faster. Make Locus faster. Um, well, we sort of thought being slow was kind of part of his core design, so we didn't make him that much faster. But we did give him one additional rule. Uh, Niels, do you want to tell us about the additional Locus rule? Oh yeah. Well, basically, with that with one additional rule, we've I think doubled his. Um, we've basically doubled his attack range. Um, so he he went from four six to four seven move. So a he reaches eight inch on the charge now. Um, 
but we also gave him far strike so he has a six inch range knockdown quite easily which is interesting because the, the reason we did that is it gives so much janky play back because uh, he still has um what's remote it called control. Remote, remote control, control. yeah so destructive yeah. impulse as well yeah, but you basically destructive impulse someone into range, then you knock them down, um, then the ball scatters, and if you're lucky, you can also pass it. Hey, that's for influence. That's pretty nice. You have the ball back. And actually, just I'm doing some quick maths there. If you far strike and knock someone down, and so you are exactly so you set your scenario neil so you're eight inches away you push a model to exactly six inches you knock them down um and then that ball scatters uh there is a uh i can't put a number to it but it is very high likelihood that that ball if you have not moved yet will be within uh walk and remote control range it is almost a, basically a, a five or a six to the opposite direction of locus would be, the, I think, the only thing that definitely is out of range. So just the the jank, he is the jank master. And I think we, we wanted to lean into that a bit more because I think we were worried if we made him fast or proper fast, he'd end up like Mule or Hoist in season three. Mm-hmm. That you just throw him into teams and you'd be like, deal with this guy and fight him because he is so durable. And like, the problem so... is, a rivet is a thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. He already he can get extra movement to begin yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally every time we have talked about doing stuff with engineers, rivet being a thing has been a thing, right? <laughs> so but I think more than that, also what we were trying to do is go with the design intent of the models and that you know there are big durable robots that can move quite quickly you know hoist is still fast right if you want a you know a tar petty model he's still durable mule is no one has ever said to me wow it's great how far mule can move before he starts <laughs> drawing me around like, like that's not been a thing so, so we want to try and avoid that now look like far strike on hoist is one of the ones that we were like this might be pushing it a bit i think there was a, everyone you know we went through playtest that came out pretty you know pretty in the middle in the sort of goldilocks zone so we were happy with that but it's definitely one that has legs to legs to potentially be strong so so we're really interested in that now that skerolf isn't here to undermine me i think we should talk about the big boy the big the big demand the dread captain. I'm going Mike, to leave that to, to you and Mike. Yeah. The changes sure. to Blackheart. Yeah, Blackheart. Uh, oh boy, Blackheart has had uh, he's had ups and downs in his skill ball career for sure. Uh, <laughs> he's gone. He's he's been a, a fantastic, amazing captain, and uh, recently I think he's been a little bit left behind. So I know people have been uh, always want to use him. He has a cool idea of this like weird does a little bit of everything buffs your team also randomly scores goals he you know that on my mark was always like a really co- that was a really cool um thing for him um so changes we made to him we did make him a little bit faster uh he is up to five seven so with his and he does still have shadow like so he is a seven nine two inch melee captain so he's got some legs now uh, he found a little bit of his sea legs uh we've also made some changes to his playbook um, he's always had a really weird playbook. 
Uh, he gave him a tackle on two, right, Mike? That's what everyone wanted. <laughs> he got a tackle on two. That's what happened, right? He, he had he had a lot of things on two. Over my dead body. <laughs> he had a lot of things on two that uh, we tried out and didn't necessarily. Yeah, I think uh, we almost went with some some extra damage uh, on two that would have really. Uh, I think we found out would have really just uh, made everybody cry. But he did now instead of the worst result, the non-momentous tackle on three. That that you desperately wanted with him but never liked to take and also maybe never got now at least you have a two tackle you have a two damage tackle so uh he can hit that tackle while still contributing to his um his you know takeout game uh he also has gotten another his other buff the other one besides the movement and the playbook changes oh sorry i'm missing one of the playbook changes at the top of his playbook now you are more rewarded for hitting that top of the playbook if you're able to set uh, set that up with a momentous four um so he now puts out a little bit more hurt kind of keeping up with uh you know where dump damage numbers in the game have been uh and all of this has become a little bit more uh reliable because he has a new trait called dread captain so once per turn when he makes an attack he can re-roll up to two dice so he's like a mini navigator um which is cool for the thematic tie-in um but it also helps him um either you know getting that tackle if he needs it getting that you know result um it can help him uh defensively if he needs that as well, right? And he hasn't used it, but you, it gives you a lot more, um, a lot more decision points within his turn and activation with him. Like, do I need to save this to keep him alive? Do I desperately need this, uh, you know, this result? When do I take, you know, when do I make my reroll? Um, so I think that's really, uh, there's going to be a lot of new things for people to try out with him. So, because we did have, there was a couple of interesting conversations around him, wasn't there? Um, there was a long time ago, I remember Perkins and Bryce saying they wished Blackheart could have a tackle on two and a half. Because mm-hmm. two is too strong and three is too much. So so we kind of gave him a tackle on two and a half uh, via rerolls. We did we did initially in playtesting, didn't we have some conversations about whether he should be also able to make an opposition model reroll dice so that the dread captain would apply to him mm-hmm. or an opposition model. Um, but I think in playtesting, we found that was a bit feel bad for your mm-hmm. opponents. Like, you know, um, a lot of people still get a bit like triggered by navigators being able to make rerolls. So being able to make your opponent reroll that, like, that sort of clutch dice roll you get felt. Well, it created the situation of, right, if he had momentum to counter and he had not used Dread Captain and you didn't have an incredibly reliable knockdown uh, or you were base to base with two inch melee that he just like, basically had don't touch the hair <laughs> right like a, a worse ver not an auto version of that but like okay you hit that knockdown that's cool reroll two of those successes that you didn't hit the knockdown great i dodge away <laughs> which uh i know would make me angry so yeah so that's that's changed the black car and then i think we're coming on to um another model who has not seen a lot of play, it's fair to say. And I think previously, most of the models we talked about as part of this process, we wanted to use existing rules on them. So we've added a few new rules, but as you know, like Locus gaining far strike, Crucial Archery being on a number of the Butchers model. This this was a model that wasn't really possible because they're in quite a distinct design space. Um, so, Niels, do you want to talk about the changes we have made to the master of the best boys to yeah, Flea? Yeah, for sure. Flea is getting... Uh getting some really cool changes um 
uh, everybody uh, right now uh, knows that Flea is this jumble of uh, I'm going to put um, either Scum or Quaff in a good position. Um, but then he also has assists, so he has to attack himself while also having this like animal red fury, which should still be red furry. But hey, uh, we're not talking about that. Um, which was it was off, right? Yeah, like you wanted to have that damage and tag buff on the mascot. So we basically said, okay, let's throw all of that away. Um, but let's let, let's make him um, the animal guy um and with animal i mean animal not just brewer mascot i mean all animals um should we talk about the rule we wanted to have but we couldn't have because it was so broken so initially the initial suggestion for this yeah um, which is a great rule so puffer master basically (laughs) puffer master is flea's own little animal version of puppet master where he can make a model make a jog, make a pass, or declare an attack without spending influence. The original version of this listener, and, and I won't talk about stuff we didn't do all the time, but we also tested this where the model could make a charge. Yeah, that was so thing, great. Yeah, that was so much is, fun. So much fun. Like I'm yeah. so I've never felt like such a scumbag for removing a rule. But it was so <laughs> broken. So for those that are still not that that's still like in their mind are processing this this popper master has a cost two has a range of eight inches is not once per turn um and the fun thing is it says target animal model so you could make more cena charge on her own team <laughs> So, um, but you can't yeah. actually do that because we decided to not destroy the game. But um, you can yeah. still make uh, Cena attack, or you can make Cena jog away, or, or you can make someone... Ram. You can yep. make, you can make ram. ram with Bathering Ram, indeed. Just push everybody out. Um, so there's loads of ways you can use uh, Popper Master. Uh, except, like, of course, you can use it for Scum, you can use it for Quaff. Um, and talking about scum and quaff, by the way, we have put some new stuff on them, so there is a lot of synergy. We'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, Pupper Master, now you can also um, use the enemy mascot, or if you're playing shepherds, you can use the enemy dogs. Um, oh, the, the, like uh, they have close control now because of uh, uh, because of herders uh, trade. Well, let's just. Uh, use uh, use a dog attack. Hey, fumble. Just drop that ball, will you? Like I know brewers don't play for the ball, but now they kind of can because if they put it on uh, one of their um, um, one of their mascots, let's say Naja, pass to tentacles, me, please. Tentacles, tentacles pass to me, please. You know. There's there's loads of ways, uh, loads of fun interaction with, uh, with this one. And also, um, yes, this works on Ulfo as well. Yes, because he's an animal. Hey. Yeah. 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 Um. So still... we've nerfed Ulfo. That's the that's the key takeaway for this right? We've nerfed the shit. <laughs> nerf the crap out of him. Mm. Can um, can I 
sorry go no go ahead Niels I want to finish up I want to finish okay so we have we no we haven't finished talking about all the rules we have to get through all the rules on his part yes he he still has get over here he still has his heroic and animal treat we have removed assist and we gave him two extra traits uh, we also removed um, Animal Red Fury, by the way, because that's now basically Popper uh, Master. It's basically a stronger version. Um, now you're saying, well, wait, stronger version. Usually I could just bump four in, uh, four influence through that. Well, Popper Master is quite a bit stronger. It's got longer range. Um, but now we've also given uh, Flea this... Um, we've given Flea this uh, thing that he... Um, as a trait, it's called Who's a Good Boy, which targets either Scum or Quaff. And once per turn, when targeting a friendly named model, either Scum or Quaff, this model may use a character play without spending influence. So that's basically three Popper Masters you can use in a single uh, rotation of four influence. Um, besides that, um, are, he also has re- Scummy Snack. Oh, yes. I'm so he excited. I can't. Yes, oh, just going keeps voice, going like, and going and going. You should have seen. You should see him. He's, he's like uber happy. <laughs> this is like, ah. Uh, but Scummy Snack is uh, also like the thing with brewers is they're based on auras. And then being in those auras means they get stronger. So let's give uh, Flea this aura that if Scum or Quaff activates within four inches of them they are given an influence um well allocated so they can't go over max influence but a influence efficiency for mascots that's also a within fleas wheelhouse right um i'm done guys you can go go on go on <laughs> i'm done I okay. one thing before mike comes in which okay, is, okay i think i it. think we should because, you know, there's a lot of great people on the rules committee. Um, and I think that the fun one with this is this was Edex's main contribution. Yes. Pablo, uh, you are a legend. But, um, but the best thing, I think, was we basically we assigned models leads as part of this process. And Edex sort of just took um, took this away. We didn't really hear from him for a while. Uh, and then sort of prompted us, Edex, have you, have you done uh, five minutes? And centers pretty much the complete thing, except with the charge element of it, uh, and it was it was great. So it was uh, it was really interesting how different people do different types of design. Some people are very consultative and talk it through, and some people just suddenly are like, here's this this sort of quite radical idea, and I think it hopefully, even if it doesn't make like um, flee the OP mega power choice, because it might just be that buffing mascots just can't be that strong. It's just never going to be that powerful thing. But it does make him fun, and it makes him funny in the draft, because if you're playing against like hunters or shepherds, or, you know, or guilds with like a really important mascot model, knowing that no one is ever playing draft, again, <laughs> like you, you got yeah, it's it's a really interesting one for for hunters, I think, who are still <laughs> right at the top of the power rankings, yeah. so it's fine. <laughs> All right, Mike, guys, over to you. So I just want everyone to recognize because i think we've talked about this but we haven't put it together all so this is in the like you know if if anybody's ever been in the discord or have had those discussions of like what are these crazy things that you can do with these models that are probably never going to happen in the game um but i would like to put scum as now having the longest if not 
maybe the longest threat uh, goal threat range in the game. I was just trying to do the math and it's hard to, cause it's like almost impossible to pull off. But if you had the perfect positioning with all the buffs out in an Esther's team, uh, right positioning, uh, I don't know why it would be this case, but if you have like scum way in the back with the ball and then you have flee up further, but within range to do his stuff, I think scum has somewhere between a 40 and a 48 inch goal threat. Um, I Are you factoring Friday into this, Mike? Um, I did not, but I was, <laughs> yeah, so I guess it could be more if you had both of them, and yeah, so theoretically, I guess if you added another guy over here, that would be, uh, so we're looking at somewhere between 40, 48, uh, so fi- somewhere between a 40 to 56 inch goal threat. Um, and there just is to no break- place you're safe from the four <laughs> activation wind up scum goal. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I want the first Brewers player who um, purposely puts the ball in the back corner of the pitch on scum and then chains a 56 inch goal threat. Uh, I just uh, send me a message on any social media. Uh, I will send you a prize. I don't know, but it, I, something it just, I, it just kind of highlights the cool options but i was like i had worked on this and i had looked at this and i didn't realize until just now how ridiculous uh some of these cool new options are the prize um, would be even better than the asmr me eating a packet of crisps that we once gave away that you were second place for like, you, was didn't I really? you, you didn't even win it you didn't even win it like uh, uh but that was even better than that Okay, let's let's talk about another uh, another rookie model actually. That um, the rookie that's not a rookie, um, that also doesn't see a lot of play. Let's talk about handy listener Gaffer. Mike, take it away. Yeah, I'm going to jump in on this one. So Gaffer is a model that has frustrated me because uh, it had a lot of really – it was a great example of the kind of silly um, nods with the uh, design, like, you know, that – I think was really is a really cool thing of and kind of unique thing about um, Guild Ball in that how it, you know it had callouts of course to uh, Beard, uh, one of our favorite podcasters, um, with his little intro handy listener such as you are. Uh, but like he was this model that had a lot of random rules that were really strong, but also I don't know about you guys very rarely saw him i mean i do there were some places for him but yeah it was one of those things where um he had this whole new mechanic with the whisper tokens and you know i we a lot of people really wanted to change that make it different like just make some buffs and for me i w- i came down pretty strong on my thoughts on this where like i don't think there was a realistic way for that kind of um you know combination of of his red fury um and that whisper mechanic and those tokens to ever be both fun to use powerful but not potentially broken or like unfun for your opponent i just i mean a lot of people gave suggestions and all of them either seemed like they didn't go far enough um or they would make it very incredibly strong and he would be in all the time um so he has had some changes to his playbook um he has a little bit more options for um 
some things uh, just shifted around. I actually have to look at his old playbook to even remember. Uh, that's how often you were making um, really impactful attacks with with Gaffer. So I'm bringing that up now. But I'm going to shift over. Okay, let's see. He his one actually he got a nerf. His one got moved from column one to column two. Um, his two got moved to column four. Uh, he did get a one damage and push. Um, on column four, that's momentous, and he has a momentous two at the uh, top of his playbook. So you're like, oh man, his playbook just got nerfed. Why is this? Well, uh, he we've changed up the knowledge. The knowledge is no longer um, an active thing where you choose a friendly model to get the extra kick, which was like kind of cool, um, but really hard to like pull off just because of the timing and you know it gives you basically an extra two inches of goal threat. And that wasn't necessarily a, a, a big morticians thing. So now, um, and this, I think Steve maybe, or somebody else will come in and talk about more of this like idea of um, opening up the guilds, but now morticians have always kind of relied on things such as tooled up um, and other ways to kind of get that extra damage out. Now he had the knowledge uh, just gives plus one damage to character plays that cause damage and playbook damage results. So he has a four inch aura uh, tooled up. So he has like a mini owner uh, aura, which yeah. is really strong. Yeah, go ahead. Do, not, do not forget to say and mention squatty. that this is only for squatty. So <laughs> squatty, no, we, yes. did no we did not break scalp. <laughs> yes. <No. laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I did skip that over. Uh, but yeah, for squatty models. So uh, no, no a million damage scalpel. I mean, well, still a million damage scalpel, but not a million plus one damage scalpel. Yeah, and this uh, is also <laughs> a nerf to scalpel because um, giving scalpel a three eighth kick was just mm -hmm. over the top. Um, yeah. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. That was like one thing where it was just gave her even more options. So um, now one of the other things is Gaffer's like model thematically was always like has the rats and like he had that like kind of like rat catchers piper um, tie in. Well, now um, his handy listener such as you are uh, is uh, effectively um a captain level uh, character play of pay the piper. So now when an enemy model spends a momentum wall within a six, six inch aura from him, the friendly team gains one momentum point. So I like this because this really, I think um, kind of fits him in a little bit to the guild in terms of obviously. So I think I've kind of buried the lead here. We've removed careless whisper, right? So that mechanic no longer exists. So there's no point of having a legendary that moves those tokens around, but instead, um, you know, now he does some control and that I think makes him a lot more mortician-y. And then the last change, uh, again, we have gotten rid of Careless Whisper, uh, but we replaced it with another thing that gives more control as well as more threat extension, just like mobility and a lot of cool things. And that's persuasion. So uh, that is the character play that is on Veteran Greed right now, uh, but target other model suffers a two inch push and each model can only be effective once per turn. So now you can persuade your models into range. He still has Red Fury, so you can move that gassed up two inches because somebody dodged out of you know melee with him and now bop you know bop that model for uh you know a big unmasking for with extra damage because of the knowledge you know uh or knock a model down so he has a lot of cool new opportunities for um kind of controlling the scrum and and adding to mortician-y things i think the big so. intent there mike it's good it's really helpful was that he 
helps sort of Obulus and Morn in particular. Yes. Like, you know, because yes. Morn's game is all about pushing squaddies and denying stuff. And we, we felt like he really, like, we wanted to push him in that direction to support that sort of play so you can get more out of your squaddies with him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still mega squishy. Like, he's still mm-hmm. really fragile. Like, he'll still die to a stiff breeze. So it's not the same as, say, putting. You know, vet rage in harm's way. He he doesn't have the same supporting sort of. Well, he has a sort of mortician defensive tech, but not the same sort of bodyguards, I guess, as vet rage. So so we we hope this is advanced. Um, as as I, I won't claim credit for many of these because very few of them are. Um, as the person who came up with the idea of the new version of the knowledge, it might be a bit good, but we kind of found in playtesting it was strong, but not too bad because of where. Born um, and obvious are at the moment. Like good morticians teams are very scalpel focused, so we, we're hoping that it doesn't lean too much into horror. And if it and if it does, it does. Oh, this opens up. You know, like some people might hear this and say, "Tooled up plus that plus two damage in morticians." Uh, and if that does, you know, we are looking at that, and it does uh, offer an opportunity to you know adjust as needed, but also to open up play styles for maybe. Um, we can make graves, you know, original graves into something down the road that um, doesn't require tooled up. I mean, that's not a guarantee that that will happen, but it opens up that space um, yep. because I do think they need that ability to get some kind of damage buff within the guild, and and so this gives another option for that. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. Tool, tooled ups on on one of the things that we're sort of those sort of plays like that we're quite interested in. Do they really need to be in the game because they become such strong crutches? So are there alternative, more thematic ways uh, maybe we can deliver those? Okay, we're on the home straight, gentlemen. Yeah. Can I talk one. about Ulfa, my boy? You you can talk about your boy. Okay, so here he comes here comes the most competent rules review ever spoken in the King <laughs> project. Nice. It's okay, it's okay Scaroff. I think a majority of these changes were were offered up by me, so if you uh, if you mess anything up, I'll just stare at you. Okay, so let's go for the most important <laughs> part of the red lines that I see. So he's an Askiri, an animal and male. I don't know why it's red, but it's important. So this is why I'm noticing it first. No, let's let's jump right in. So um, he got a new character play, and it's Feral Instincts. He gets an atomical precision, which makes him kind of scary, I think, because you doubled it up with a tech of five and a tech double dodge on four. Care to elaborate? You want to see the world burn. So he was already attacked. Basically, what we did we baked in his charge, his like tack bonus, his lone hunter tack bonus, and we sort of split yeah. the difference on. So he was tack four, but he was also tack six, um, and it felt like a really fiddly way to just go. Let's just make him tack five. Like, yeah, you know, right just... in the middle. Mm-hmm. But then he, um, then lone hunter now is uh, he spends one less influence to charge, right? So make him do more with the one more tack <laughs> that he has. Well, so the issue with old Ulfer, right, was that he was this model that was supposed to be your, like, reach out and grab the ball, right? Uh, He's supposed to be away from the team. He's supposed to be threatening a goal. The problem was, like, he absolutely required a wrap in order to do anything. And if that was not happening, uh, he did very, very little. Now, um, I mean, he still would love to rap. He doesn't need to now, but now he actually does that job pretty. He is a very scary uh, 
full-on striker. The thing that I think is good, though, is he does not in any way, really, other than distance, contribute to the Hunters, like the steel jaw style of Hunters in which um, he... Uh, he's not called? standoffish. He works, yeah. He, yeah mm-hmm. He's not a gun... He's not standoff. Well, he, he doesn't hold the ball. Yeah, he doesn't hold the ball t- uh, twenty inches away from your team while laughing at you with traps. Which, by the way, um, the that change for his uh, becoming just animal and male is so that he does he does not um, produce traps and steel jaw. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. But then again, then again, he just skipped one step in the whole trap process because. If he scores a goal <laughs> and he doesn't use run the length, he basically face palms every opponent in a four-inch pulse into either snared or bleed condition. Scarab, cha- you're channeling Bryce when he came on and tore the uh, original draft of Lamplighters <laughs> to pieces on this one. Cast of names in that. Like, so it's, it's good. It's great. Uh, Scarab's gone rogue, ladies and gentlemen. but um i want to say the cool thing um about him which is really interesting is that he has both abilities that want you to be near other models so he has the feral instincts he wants he would be happy to give out anatomical precision to cena if you're not bringing snow right Uh, but then he doesn't get lone hunter but oh wait he has where they go so he can do these weird things where you can start him within a certain distance of models, and if you give allocate the right influence to him, he can go buff a model and then go off and do his own thing and try to score a goal. Or he can use that on himself and try to score a goal with it. Like he has a little bit more flexibility for those times where, like, oh, I guess he's not doing anything this turn. Well, I'll put one on him and buff, you know, buff um uh buff somebody else up. Or if, you know, uh, if somebody gets into his threat range, maybe now I can just go and charge them for for one. So. so, so you're basically saying that for his two influence for the charge, he has a 12 inch um, threat range, 13 with the melee, because he can four inch dodge out of four inch to other friendly Correct. models, and then yep. one influence yep. charge eight inches. Yep. yep. If you don't, if he is not base to base with the friendly model, which uh, I don't know why he is, unless he's gotten pushed there, which. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But if he's not four inches away from a friendly, yeah, he has that 13 inch uh, threat range and a really good uh, chance to get that ball and shoot a goal if he can. It's a a mark of how bad Ulfa was. The inner guild, which has quite good footballing models, and so Scatter and Edge and all those people that really, really wanted a model with a viable dodge that could get around close control you never saw Ulfur. Like, that was the sort of always the, you know, like, like Scatha loved, would love a model that gets around um, unpredictable movement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. Ulfur was that model. He had, but he was just, just didn't do enough of what it was worth. I think there's a couple of decisions we didn't take, wasn't there? Because obviously the obvious option is to give him close control, but we didn't want to do that. No. We didn't want to give Hunters close control. We've already got it on edge. We know what happens when they had it on <laughs> She who shall not be named. Um, so, <laughs> so I think that was a big design decision. We wanted to make him like a really front foot sort of model. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the intent of this is like it, you know, hunters did get the you know last time the last errata they got the steel jaw nurse. She's still really strong. I think we, I think everybody kind of understands that that play style, while really good, is probably not. Um, 
top in the fun bracket, right? I think that's a fair thing to say for everybody, pretty much everybody involved, um, right? Uh, just standing off, sitting back, slowly killing models, and you know, as they like desperately try to come in and just are full of traps. Uh, so we made him really good, but expressly like not really contributing to that game play. He is uh, a Skatha or or a Theron, but really, I mean, I feel like a Skatha boy. But he's a he uh, uh, he's a he's a other captain model. Or if you want to play Steeljaw in a more like interactive, aggressive way, which could be fun, maybe he does something for that. So that that was the intent behind him. Also, an important thing is that um, Alpha right now is a very 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 uh, good striker. So, um, so this is just a, a, a joke for me and Mike. We have made another striker that is better than Shark. <laughs> uh, he might. He very well might be better than Shark. Uh, I think you're, you're underrating Shark. I think. I just, no, I think Shark is great. I think that was more of uh, to get a certain member of the community upset. You so. know who you are. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, I just what I everyone just loves. What say. everyone loves on podcasts are, are jokes aimed at one person. Like that's it's, you know <laughs> like the same way that everyone loves it a best man speech, well, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, isn't your listenership about five people? So it's a we're hitting. It's, yeah, it's true. Actually, that's very <laughs> fair. Like, it's about a twenty percent hit rate for who's yeah, they'll be smashing it. Be smashing yeah. it. That's a good point. Yeah. Five is good. I'll have to text the hundred. We'll have to reopen the Patreon. I think. <laughs> <laughs> So I can. I, I just want to mention one last thing that the Tech Five base is a very nice buff to the Momentous Two and Four. You know, mm. I, yeah. I think that is easily overlooked because it doesn't look like much, but it really helps him to get there. I mean, especially in a guild that can uh, take away defense, exactly. uh, potentially take away armor. Yeah, he can. Uh, he can actually. He can actually use those giant ridiculous arms and knives to do something <laughs> i think the other like, key point is that in, in this era of, of no longer being steam forged making o for good doesn't mean you have to use the o for model ladies and gentlemen because there are many werewolves available to board gamers many many true. werewolves so so like because because for is one of the ones i was like like why such a sad type like it was a bad model and a bad card so at least it's a good card now right and you can go out and find other werewolves are available so have a, have a peek in at that so that is the errata i think gents it's probably worth just very quickly touching on the lamplighters patch as well which i think mm-hmm. uh came out wasn't part of the errata but was part of our commitment to review lamps we found they were underperforming quite substantially i think when we somewhere 20 percent below the next strongest guild. 29 to yeah. 43 yeah and we found in the main we, we sort of designed them i think with the intent they could do damage but it wasn't their primary thing i think we ultimately thought that overheat would do more i think we thought that overheat would be generating more damage than mass overheat but people are clever they push models out of play they don't get hit by overheat they take takeouts at certain times um, and i think that sort of reactive mechanic wasn't working quite well enough for them so We've essentially upped their damage. Um, Mike, do you want to just touch on this a bit? 
Sure. I, I uh, have played a game, only one so far, with the new um, new buffs. And so the three changes are, uh, well, sorry, the three models that have changes uh, are, so Phosphor, very sim- simple change, but a really strong one. Uh, his alchemical bomb now uh, does two condition damage on hit. Um, and this, like, might not sound like whoa what's one extra damage once a a repeatable aoe uh you know that does multiple damage on a model with two inch melee and is also putting out burning and poison so not only can you fuel you know burning for your lamplighters to do their cool lamplighters things but you also are putting out extra damage even if you use that burning with the poison um you know it's uh it also still you know he still has all the rest of his things with uh, clumsy and flashpoint on the back but yeah now he can put out a lot more damage. Two condition damage, if you hit that f- on four attacks, is now, what, eight damage in an AoE versus four? He's, you know, doubling his damage, which gets really good if you can bunch people up, um, you know. So I think that really helps a lot. I found that very helpful. Um, if anybody wants to jump in, otherwise I'll just keep going through. Soot. Um, you want to talk about Intercept, Steve, real quick? Uh- <laughs> uh, so Intercept... <laughs> Intercept, I think, was a rule that I, I will accept my share of responsibility for. That, um, that I think I, that I and I think I think we all wanted it to work because it was quite an interesting sort of mechanic, and it was about them being able to get access, to, about being able to get access to unsnap balls. But we just could not make that effing rule work um, with the way the guild ball rules are structured. It just didn't work. Which actually. You know, like having to have an FAQ for a rule is a sign that it is not a good rule. So we botched that one, I think. Um, and I definitely take a fairly hefty chunk of the credit for that, for botching <laughs> that. I'm also going to take responsibility for fixing it, though, um, mm-hmm. with the realization that new, better taking flight combined with test subject essentially gives us the same thing. It gives us a way of getting to unsnap balls, getting to free balls, being able to threat, threat it but also gives us, you know, using existing rules in the game and also gives us a way of making sure that Suit actually brings, like, the things that mascots... Like, mascots on either base, they bring influence efficiency or they bring a way of engaging and annoying the crap out of an opposition model. And Suit didn't particularly bring either. We brought influence efficiency in a confusing way. So we just wanted to keep that. And that's what that's what we've basically done with it. So hopefully it means the owl actually does yeah. more stuff now i mean and it totally does now he plays into the removing um uh removing conditions um which is is really helpful it's really nice to be able to because there are t- times when playing the original lamplighters for me where there was like times where having the right model to be able to activate to pull a condition off of a model like in the right range because there'd be times like oh crucible is burning uh well she doesn't want to be burning she wants other people to be burning so i need to but i put burning on a bunch of models so how do i get it off of her oh that would means i need to activate this other model to do but i don't want to activate that model so i created all these weird things but now you have another model that can pull conditions off which is nice and then you get to just get it that additional movement you know for it um that you had with intercept and it's now you know now you have a little bit more control over it and also i mean free eye spies uh is wonderful um really helps the guild also with that damage output like being able to just throw especially you throw get a suit that's uh 
gets is on fire right um has one influence can still sprint seven um you know while flying and after taking the burn you know the condition off of somebody else and throw out a ice by at six inches and then it doesn't matter if it's in the middle of the enemy team that's you know overheat bait there so lots of cool things you can do with it it's it's i think suit will be uh he will miss his ridiculous things of like what happens when uh a goal kick comes out and uh wet point does he get to jog to the ball and pick it up and what happens do you scatter a ball do you not scatter you know like all those things uh but i think it makes him more playable overall for sure i think that was the intent was it so yeah the playability of that it also does create the easier access to ice by creates a sort of more of a control element for lamplights as well in a weird way because actually if you see you've got the ball sitting on phosphor who's got a tackle on two and two inch rage and you know that on your opponent's first activation, they're going to go for the ball. Well, ice spying them suddenly means that the phosphor, you know, phosphor sort of counterattack is very, very live. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. sort of bits and bobs like that kicking around as well, aren't there? Neil, yeah, do you want to take us through the changes was... to Nightlight? Well, the changes to Nightlight are pretty scarce, but pretty intense as well, because I, it, Correct me if I'm wrong, the only change is the legendary, correct? Correct. Yeah, so first uh, first off, the legendary was, okay, th- there is this aura, and now your models can choose to get burning or not uh, at any certain in time, uh, uh, or at, uh, at any point in time in, within their own activation. Um, now we've just forced your hand, everybody within that aura gets burning also enemy models and enemy models in that act uh, in that um aura or pulse sorry um also get three damage also you have to note that if it were an aura or a pulse nobody knew not even us while creating the card so <laughs> <laughs> it's a pulse and the important thing here is that uh, it's three damage not three condition damage so it's more akin to a divana three damage in snare than smoke three condition damage and poison i still think that an aura would have been really nice pop it when you start the activation then walk around <laughs> <laughs> oh hell no <laughs> We just got rid of some really confusing rules. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah, as someone who also played this, this is I think this does a couple of things. It does technically, um, you know, take away that option to like choose when you get burning during your activation. But the good thing is one, um, you get it right away. So one of the frustrating things with Nightlight is like if you didn't you could relight the fire but if you needed to do that like for example on her so that she can go somewhere uh, and then she was going to legendary uh if you had a model that was about to die but wasn't on fire well if you couldn't get it on fire elsewhere it's you know it like you had to wait until their activation um which kind of again activation issues which was i think a big deal um definitely what i thought was the, one of the harder things with lamp lighters so now Nope, just everybody gets it immediately. So you turn on your overheats uh, and putting it on enemy models means you also get some, you know, Wick gets to have a lot more models to choose from for, um, you know, for her dodge or their 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 dodge rather. Um, so I think that's really good. And then, of course, nobody's going to uh, complain about three damage in a six inch pulse. That's pretty good. <laughs> Brilliant. 
Thank yeah. you. That, that is the, that is the errata, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we and also we get the lamplight dispatch. So we look forward to hearing what you think about it. Um, we obviously still have the dreaded watch list that many models are sitting on. The list will be on that with the blog that accompanies this podcast. So you know, we will still change stuff. We might even nerf something again in future. Um, should we just talk for five minutes just to wrap up about sort of plans for the future and what we're doing as a community project? So I think there's a there's a couple of things that are obviously kicking around. I'll um, I'll uh, I'll hand over to Niels I think in a second for the results of the uh, community community campaign which everyone participated in. That went really well. Um, there's a few things we're batting around at the moment, and, and we, we're sort of gen so one is. You know, we are looking to do more events. We're aware that things have moved materially a bit with uh, COVID and less of online. Obviously, we are a transnational organisations, so different places have different COVID restrictions. Um, in the UK, we're looking to run a fairly large event out in Hemel Hempstead in um, in October. Um, so more details will come shortly. Um, we've just been sort of looking at that in the preliminaries, and we'll be looking to roll out some sort of more events in that in person. I know, Niels, I think you're looking at an event in the new year. Is that right? Um, like everybody knows, well, everybody within uh, the current community, the, on the Discord community knows what the Matt Hatter is. Um, it's been digital for two sessions now. Um, I hope session three is going to be a real life. Let's go 64 players. Um, I'm basing it around the Netherlands, around Schiphol. So should be good. And I, and I heard, Niels, is it correct that you are paying for uh, me and I get who cares about the other people for me to come, right? So I can go to them. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I'll be that's... sure to have a lot of prize support. That's it. Uh, there you go. Yes, <laughs> yes. You, you will be the prize, Mike. You will be the prize. Uh, oh, I'm, I, I am the prize. So if you win, Matt Hatter, you win, Mike. Mike. You get, you just get Mike. Like uh, for a week, you can do whatever you like. Forever. Shipping. Oh, I like that. Um, <laughs> shipping not included, though. So no, no, no. Yeah. Posting and packaging is is at the winner's discretion. Oh. But, 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 <laughs> but even if you can't, even if you think this is a problem, you can't afford to ship Mike to where you live. You can make him do whatever you want in the United States. Like he has to just do whatever you want. Like you know. Well, you can. You That's can make Mike wear, yeah. You can make Mike wear an "I was always second to Alex Botts" t-shirt for a week. you can Follow me home, please. Walk. I'm living in Austria. <laughs> anything you want, anything you want, listener. It's all, it's all available to you. I do, I do think the the second to Alex Botts uh, shirt would be that would be pretty good. That one's on the nose. You're like knave with the scarves. So yeah, so th those are biggies. Though we've got some, so we've got some real life events coming up. If you are inclined to run a real life event and be thinking, oh man, I wish we could actually play some girl ball or get a real event, get in touch with us, price support, all of that sort of stuff. We will, we will totally offer that up to you. We can do all that. Um, uh, we're definitely having a conversation about finances, I think. Um, you know, we ran the Kickstarter. We were always up front about we've never run a Kickstarter before. I think, Skeroff, you, you handled that. You you did a sterling job of it, but it was difficult. So we're trying there to There were that. mistakes made, and I, I own up to them. 
it, I think uh, as a group, stuff could have been done by all of us better. But I think, you know, it worked. We managed to get the Lamplighters Guild out there, which let's forget that was a thing that wouldn't have happened. But I think what we're thinking about is, you know, do we do future Kickstarters? If so, um, do we do, do we focus them down a bit and refine them a bit? Or do we look at something like a Patreon contribution for the Guild Ball Community Project for basically just for generating STL files? Um, we'd be dead interested to hear what you think. So if you are... On Gubs or on Discord, just jump on that and let us know what you think we should be doing. We would be genuinely interested to hear your views. Um, and then last, I think, Niels, is what's coming next Guild-wise? Yeah, we have this uh, We have this uh, community event running uh, over a couple of months. We had a couple of hundred people voting on which uh, of the major guilds that don't have their minor yet. So that's Blacksmiths... Uh, blacksmiths brewers and masons um people have voted and people have voted for the masons to get their new minor guild and then we had some options uh for which guild of the masons the uh, would have their fancy and overwhelmingly like over 80 percent that for people uh, voting for the masons they went for the lumberjacks so um Lumberjacks, there we go. Who doesn't like a burly fellow or uh, person in uh, in plaid? With a big axe. With a big axe. There's so much debate going on now, listener. With, you know, which, which version of camp do we go for? Do we go Monty Python? Do we go Tom of Finland? Do we go village people? Like, we're just not sure. But uh, but the one thing that I will be continuing to push <laughs> is, is that angle on the Lumberjacks Guild. And we'll see where the where the others come out but thank you for everyone that took part in that event i think that's the first thing to say i think neil's the the numbers were pretty crazy for oh yeah yeah like in, in terms of the feedback we got on it, and we're looking to crack on with that basically as soon as possible um i don't think there is much else for us to say other than of course apologies from regular host andrew jones for not being there again the super herpes it's difficult to live with. Sometimes <laughs> it goes. It sometimes it plays up. So mm. unfortunately, Andrew is both scratching and lotioning a lot today, <laughs> and, and just well, couldn't make it. He wanted to be here. He wanted to be here particularly for you, Mike, but he, he couldn't unfortunately. But he will be back. I think Andrew and I are due to sit down and uh, talk about how he netlisted himself to third place in the second largest, and I think in the largest epic tournament held in the last 20 years in this country. Mm. Um, sadly, he only netlisted himself to third place and finished comfortably behind yours truly, but uh, but it was a good attempt on his part. Well, wait, um, wait, don't, 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 did you win, Steve, or did you get second? I did. I won. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah, I won. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, with, he's with, good with, at, he's good at a game, guys. I'm good at one game. Like, it's the only game I'm good at, right? <laughs> As I stand by the position that no one's good at Guild Ball except for Fraser, Mets, and Timmy. So it's... Uh, um, but yeah, but um, but I think I just want to say thank you, all three of you, and thank you, everyone in the Guild Ball Community Project for the work on the Arata. That was really, really exciting. So I'm going to just sign off very quickly by saying thank you very much, Mike the Dog Klein. Say thank you. Oh, okay. I was going to say, is I just me personally? No, thank, no, no, thanks, I'm, everybody. I'm right with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> what podcast did you never do outros? I mean, 
Did you not listen to the podcast that we did? No. Thank you, everybody. It was a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't hear it. That's right. Uh, no, it, it's been this has been uh, fun to go through another like uh, step of the Gilball Community Project thing. Thank you very much. Skerov Dickinger, Master of Arts. Ta. We will have a new artist for the new guild, it looks like. So bear with us. There will be changes in art, but we're trying to keep with the theme. So that's a thing. Um, it's going to be cool. I think so, too. By the way, mm-hmm. we need to come up with those, with those, um, you know, the things we talked about. Let's let's put it like that. Uh, <laughs> Very good. Very good. Oh, no. <laughs> I managed. I managed. I didn't no, spoil anything. Hours of media training we put you through. So you <laughs> Please, Niels, I did good. Don't hit me again. <laughs> I can't believe you revealed the hedgehog scout, Scarrow. We were kind of like, we were thinking. Like, oh, <laughs> and thank you very much, News Inspiring Hat Hermkins. Yours truly. Welcome. And, um, well, let's see what uh, 4.6 does, right? Mm. Um, I've been Steve Cole. Andrew Jones has been at home trying to decontaminate himself. Thank you very much, listeners, uh, and have a great evening. Hello, Andrew here. Sorry if you can hear the fan in the background. This is currently English, England. Hi, Andrew here. Sorry if you can hear noise in the background. It's currently English holiday. <coughs> Hi, Andrew here. Sorry if you can hear noise in the background. It's currently England's holiday. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Ah! Can't say words. <laughs>